Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, there are still good people in the world. UFC 267, live from Abu Dhabi. The World Series teams are set. Who will take home the Commissioner's Trophy? The Wild Wild West. The Fire Brigade recaps last week's games and gives you their predictions for Week 9's biggest games. And reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here in Delaware, Ohio on Thursday night. Uh, like Colton said, we're going to start out with a couple feel-good stories here. Uh, you know, I know one of our episodes in the past, we had made some mention about how bad the fans had been behaving at some of the, I think, NBA games at that time is what mm-hmm. we were discussing, how they were getting a little too involved in stuff with players on the you know on this people with close uh courtside seats there so you know we were kind of down on the fans a little bit and said that you know people need to act a little better at games and well we got to see that at the at that buccaneers game with uh byron kennedy matt you want to give me your take on that yeah it's it's a pretty neat story uh he was in the stands um he's wearing his mike evans jersey and after after the touchdown mike evans always hands the ball to a guy in the fans so because he was wearing his jersey went over to him handed it to him not even realizing it was the 600 touchdown pass <laughs> so they, they said evans felt absolutely horrible after after they told him exactly what happened um but uh you know immediately after the game it sounds like the buccaneers came up to this guy and then you know, said, what, what's it going to take to get this ball back? Actually, I think it was at halftime. I yeah, don't think it was, they let what, the... It wasn't even the whole game? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah definitely. Yeah. It definitely, you know, it, it could have gone one of two, one of two ways. Yeah. Definitely, you know, hats off to the, to the fan for, you know, giving the ball back, you know, right. somewhat willingly. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're saying the value of that ball could have been somewhere $500,000 or north or of that. Or, so, yeah. I mean, that's a half a million dollars for a football. It, it's tough to give up but he, he did get a nice little return out of this deal mm-hmm. uh so for for his trouble of giving the ball back he got two signed tom brady jerseys uh retail value for that would be about six thousand mm-hmm. dollars signed tom brady helmet a retail value of about twenty seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. signed mike evans jersey that's another 150 dollars retail value you got mike evans cleats from the game that could be priceless but you probably try to put a number on it, probably about 500 bucks yeah well i mean no one knows where the cleats he was wearing when he caught the right. 600 pass oh, yeah. you know I mean, 600 touchdown there, pass so yeah oh, <laughs> little little nostalgic there yeah, right he got a thousand dollar team store credit uh he got two season tickets for the rest of this season so you average about where he was sitting it'd be about 250 dollars a game two tickets so uh, they have four games left that'd be about two grand for this season next season be another eight home games so It'd be about four thousand dollars. I assume season tickets is going to include playoffs, right? You, yeah, would, you would think you so would anyway. Think, right? Yeah, right. you would think so. You know, you're looking at probably another two grand there. Um, and Tom Brady had also chipped in a, a Bitcoin <laughs> to give the fan. That's a value of about sixty-one thousand dollars right now. And Tom Brady also has agreed to to, to play around a golf. With, oh with, yeah. Uh, now I didn't know. I didn't hear that he agreed. Uh, that yeah, must have came out. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, okay, I have I, it in I my notes that, that that the fan said he you know, wants to. He wants to yeah. at some point. I, I'm sure it's going to get agreed. Right. You know, he, he requested. He said yeah. that. And the only thing I heard Brady say was, "I promised him something else," and they put in quotations, "nice." Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't know what that means. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. You know, and they they base that ball that his first touchdown ball that tom brady ever threw to terry, to terry glenn, glenn yep. um just sold for four hundred twenty-eight thousand. so right and so. you know that this ball number so t- td number 600 is going to be worth more than that right so. right right so yeah the, i mean the the total value of everything he got was about seventy-eight thousand three hundred fifty dollars, which is nowhere near the value obviously with the five hundred thousand dollars of the football mm-hmm. but kennedy has said you know it's the experiences that are worth it to him and, and that's a true fan he he wants to be there. He wants those experiences. He'd give up that ball for just about anything to have those experiences. Yeah, and that, yeah. That's pretty cool. And yeah. It, yeah, it's good to see. He is a true Tampa Bay fan and, uh, you know, 29-year-old guy. I think they said he's a medical resident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, all around good guy. I think, you know, doing the right thing goes a long way. All right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I don't really have anything else, you know, really on that on that story, you know. Like we said, just, you know, Tom Brady's 600th touchdown pass. Um, amazing. You know, Absolutely amazing. Obviously a, a record, not only 
you know, in the NFL, you know, as, as Tom Brady has pretty much broken every mm-hmm. single passing record or every record known to man when it comes to, you know, quarterback play, you know, this is just another accolade on, on top of right. that. But uh, our record is just going to continue to grow as it right, already yeah, did. Obviously, obviously the season, more. the season's not over. Right. I mean, he's still got, I mean, he threw, yeah, and those are just, that's just regular season. That right, doesn't count right. the postseason. Right. So, you yeah. know, and I, I was listening to another, uh, rival sports cast, we'll call it that. Um, <laughs> And the guy was saying, uh, oh, Tom Brady's not the greatest to ever play the game. And he said, in that 600 mark, that'll be busted. And I'm thinking, man, that's because it's it's been over the period of time. You look at how long, how many years it's taken Tom Brady to do that. And that this, you know, you just don't see quarterbacks stay healthy yeah, that long. You don't long. have that longevity. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, you just don't see that I mean, anymore. It's just so rare. Yeah. And especially uh, now with the athletic quarterback who right. runs and all that. Take, right. take more of a beating. Yeah. You know, I think obviously what's, you know, extended his career the whole time he was in, in um, New England, you know, their their main concern was keeping Tom up on his two feet and, and same thing in, in Tampa Bay. So, you know, and you don't see that. Like Matt said, with those running quarterbacks, they take a lot more hits. Those guys that are getting outside the pocket, and uh, you know, taking those big hits, you, you just don't see. I I would be surprised if this rever- record is ever broken. Oh, and like you said, I mean, he's not he's not done. And I he's mean, not it's, done. Yeah, it's 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 six hundred and and climbing. I mean, it's right. it's one of those. And he has no has never said that he's retiring next. I mean, he plans right. to play until he basically can't play anymore. I mean, until I think his arm falls until, off. Yeah, at they this drag point, him like, off the field. Yeah, so that's six hundred and, and counting. So it's it's definitely going to be something that yeah is is not going to be easily broken uh, i don't know that, that, to it, me that's a tough one yeah yeah definitely <clears throat> all right well another feel-good story and th- this one was awesome it you know it just it just really touched me in a lot of ways but colton i'll let you start um uh this this week nelson cruz was named the re- winner of the roberto clemente um award it's the 50th time they've given this award out in major league baseball so uh, give me your take on Nelson Cruz and this award. Yeah, so, you know, a little bit, you know, about Nelson Cruz, um, if you don't know, um, he's Tampa Bay, you know, former former twin. He spent spent a few seasons there in um in, in Tampa or in, in Minnesota, sorry, and then he just recently got traded this year to Tampa Bay. Um he's the DH for their team, but uh yeah, like Dad said, he won, you know, the MLB's Roberto Clemente Award, um, which is basically based on, you know, character, your community involvement, and then your, your philanthropy. And, uh, you know, this guy is a 17 year MLB veteran, been in the league a long time, seven time all-star. Um, he basically won, won the award, um, you know, for the next, for a couple of different reasons. Um, you know, during this whole pandemic, um, he provided support to over 1200 families in his, in his hometown of Las Matas de Santa Cruz, the Dominican Republic, um, which helped feed over 700, you know, over 700 families with that. So, you know, financial support and then, you know, helping feed families as well, um, you know, during this kind of COVID-19 pandemic stuff. Um, and then after that, there there was actually, um, and, and this will, you know, kind of touch touch close to home with, with dad, but after a, a fire destroyed a, a home of his, of his childhood friend, um, Cruz also provided the town, this, this town, his hometown with a fire engine, eight firefighter, 80 firefighter uniforms and an ambulance to transport people to the, uh, to the nearest hospital. And from what I understand or from what I was reading is the closest hospital is like over an hour away. Yeah. So, Santiago, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, having a, a reliable, you know, ambulance to get, you know, get a you know person to the hospital right. when it's that far away. I mean, this is, it goes, goes a long way. Um, and then on top of that, his, uh, his boomstick 23 foundation, um, also started building an education and, and technical center, you know, last year. And this, this, you know, center, this building is, is going to be stocked with all kinds of computers to help, you know, athletes with their, with their education. Um, he also organized dentists and optometrists to go to this town to, um, you know, provide the people basically with free healthcare for checkups and medicine and, and eyewear. And over 500 people were able to get, you know, get treated during this, during this time. And, you know, the, the, the list doesn't end there. His, his last, you know, kind of uh, contribution, he helped uh, get the MLB, the MLPA, the Union's Players Trust to donate an additional 400000 to the Dominican Republic for medical equipment and food aid during the pandemic. So, you know, a, a lot of philanthropic, you know, type things that, that he did during this, you know, kind of crazy time that we're facing in the, in the COVID-19 stuff. And, 
you know, hats off, hats off to him. You know, he's been in the league a long time. So, you know, sometimes you don't always see that with, with veterans. Sometimes they get towards the end of their career and they just, you know, they just want to get to the end and, and, and you don't see guys really give, give back, but uh, you know, hats off to him. And, and I think it really touches home for him being able to give back to his, to his hometown at, at the same time. So, you know, Nelson Cruz, you know, hats off, hats off to you. Um, I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to touch on that or not, uh, but yeah, uh, just, just real quick. And this has been something he's been doing the whole time he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, like Colton said, he's been in the league 17 years. And even, you know, when he was on like his rookie contract and not making a lot of money, he was still donating as much as, you know, and getting people to, you know, join the cause to, to help out his hometown. And, and, uh, you know, this has been going on for a long time. So obviously, you know, well-deserved, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, when you, when you think of the, what Colton said, you know, the requirements, the community involvement, the philanthropy, you know, uh, you know, things that are involved with, you know, the MLB's decision to give out this award, obviously this guy, you know, is the poster child for that. Right. So, hey, you know, what I love about this is he's, he's gone, he's done all this pretty much incognito nobody even really knew about it until this came out so you know he's clearly doing it out of the kindness of his heart he's Mm -hmm. not trying to publicize it you know he's not trying to make a name off of it like some other athletes who do similar things and you know they they talk all about it right they they want the credit for it Mm -hmm. where he just he just did it you know i I find that pretty 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 incredible they did say he was when he checked on the price of a fire truck when they told him how much a fire truck was he was a little surprised (laughs) yeah i mean i I think it's yeah it's one of those things that you don't you know, you kind of take advantage or, you know, take for granted what, what something like that, because you just, you just don't think about it. You right. just don't, you know, it's just one of those things when your, your house catches on fire, the fire truck shows up, the firemen show up and, and yeah, you don't think about, you know, all the equipment or all the, right. you know, costs and things like that it, it yeah. takes. So, and, and with the ambulance, I didn't know if you guys read that his, actually his grandmother had to use the ambulance. She suffered a stroke. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, and, I didn't, uh, hadn't read that. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they actually transported her to the, medical facility in that ambulance now he said she did wind up passing away two days later but you know like he said he said at least that ambulance gave her the opportunity you know or the you know the chance to for the you know staff hospital staff to you know be able to her to get there you know and receive at least receive some medical treatment right right you know so you know you know he gave back and then you know it wound up hitting pretty close to home right yeah and 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 for me, I think it, it, it's it's kind of hard to, you know, how do you choose the winner for this for this award? Because, right. you know, if you don't know, uh, folks, but it, it, everybody, you know, everybody from every single MLB team nominates one person from mm-hmm. their team to be, you know, in the running for this award. And, and for me, yeah, it's one of those things. How do you determine, you know, who, who did the most, who did the most or, you know, whatever, yeah. you know? And so I think, yeah, definitely the MLB has, has, has a tough time. I'm sure, you know, picking one person, but, uh, I think you know, they just, got it right. This yeah. Year. But I think they Absolutely. got it, got it right with, with, you know, the accolades and, and things that, you know, Nelson Cruz was able to do for his hometown. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome story. All right. Well, we're going to move on to, uh, UFC 267 this weekend. It's in Abu Dhabi on fight Island. Um, there's a lot of big, a lot of big name fighters that, that are going to be there uh, for this this weekend. Um, and there's actually two title bouts, um, the light heavyweight and the bantamweight. Um, Colton, you want to start us off with your thoughts on the on the two title bouts? Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is going to be interesting because, uh, you know, because this this fight is taking taking place overseas, you know, in, in the UAE over in Abu Dhabi, um, actually to watch this fight, you know, Eastern time most of like the preliminary fights are going to start at like 10 in the morning. So it's going to be, yeah, a little, little morning action going on, you know, get you, get your morning started, you know, on a Saturday with a, with a little fighting going on, but uh, obviously local time, it's, it's going to be, you know, nighttime over there, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit different, you know, a little bit different thing than than what you're used to seeing, you know, here over, you know, over here in the States. It's going to be a rough pay-per-view going head to head with college football. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think at the same time, I think I read something where like this one for, for some odd reason, it may have something to do with the college football, but it's not going to be a pay-per-view type event. Like Ah. as long as you have an ESPN plus account, which I guess in a way is kind of pay-per-view, but uh, you know, as long as you have, an account with ESPN plus you'll be able to watch the fights and not have to pay like the additional money to buy, to buy the fight. So it's, you you save a little bit money, a little bit of money, but you know, at the same time you do have to kind of pay a little bit to, to, to watch it. But the DVR it and then, uh, (laughs) then not, 
listen to the news. Right, right, right. Watch, right. watch the uh, scroll along the bottom of the games because right. there's some big games in college football this weekend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so about the actual fights then, um, you know, like Dad said, you know, the Bantam kind of interim title fight, um, you know, between Peter Yan, who's – 15 and two versus uh, Corey Sanhagen, who's 14 and three coming into the, coming into the fight. And this one, I think uh, is going to be one of those things that, uh, yeah, whoever wins this is probably going to hold on to the, to the belt for, for a little while. The, the, the is current there, champion is, is injured, right? Yeah. And, and actually mayor kind of won the belt by controversy because he beat Peter Yan by basically uh, a disqualification. An illegal knee strike or yeah. something. Um, yeah. and, it, and I remember watching that fight. I mean, it's been, I think, Back in March, I think, is when the fight actually happened. And I remember watching it, and it was, yeah, definitely a questionable call, um, you know. And, and at the same time, um, the, the, the guy that, you know, got the kind of illegal knee, I, I think, did a little bit of, a, of an acting job. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I guess karma comes back to, to get you because now he's, he's injured. And, and from what I'm reading, it's a pretty significant neck injury that they yeah. don't even know if he's going to be able to fight ever again kind of thing. So yeah, it, it, it could be one of those things that, yeah, whoever wins this fight could be holding on to the title, you know, the belt for, for a while just because the current champion doesn't look like he's going to be healthy to go. But, you know, I, I think Peter Yan will get this get this done. He, he you know, was winning winning the fight, you know, it, that when he got disqualified and, and just looks like the better the better fighter coming into this matchup. Yeah, um, I, I agree as well. He's he's also won nine out of his last ten with that only loss being that disqualification right. for the, the illegal knee shot. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and he, he's just on fire right now. Yeah, he's he's the man to beat. I think it's he's the number one contender and Corey's the number three contender. Yes. So you know it's shaping up that you know obviously uh, two two guys in the top at the top of their game right now. So. It could be a, a very entertaining fight. Yeah, and then uh, like Dad said, the other big, you know, big one is the light heavyweight title fight between uh, Jan Blockowitz and then Glover Teixeira. Um, Blockowitz comes in twenty-eight and eight, and Glover Teixeira thirty-one and seven. So, pretty pretty evenly evenly matched here. But uh, you know, Blockowitz is coming in. His his last uh, you know win was against uh, in in a middleweight actually against uh, Israel Adesanya back in March, and That's that was you know. Izzy was, uh, you know, he, he, everybody was picking him to win and, and, yeah. and, and, and the Polish hammer is what they call Blockowitz. Um, he, uh, he, he took care of business. I mean, everybody was picking Izzy to, to win that fight, you know, to be kind of the next level John Jones to run multiple, you know, kind of, um, heavyweight, uh, multiple different divisions, but, uh, you know, Jan hung in there and he's just a really good kind of overall, overall fighter. He's, you know, good at a, a lot of different things. So I think, you know, Glover Teixeira is going to have a lot of his hands full, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and Blockowitz comes in. He's won eight out of his last nine fights. Um, but Teixeira comes in. He's won five fights in a row after, you know, some people kind of wrote him off. Uh, he's he's a, he's older. He's he's in his 40s, I think 41 or 42 mm-hmm. coming into this. So he's a little bit older than, than Blockowitz. But, uh, you know, well, I, Blockowitz I, is 38. So, yeah, that you may, definitely got two veterans right. that are right. Been, been around the block a few yeah. times. Um, but, uh, you know. This will be the first time that 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 Glover Teixeira is actually kind of challenging for the belt since 2014. Um, he took on John Jones back in 2014 and lost by a by a decision. Um, you know, which is pretty impressive considering how how good you know John, John Jones, Jones is. dominant. Back yeah. Then. Um, so you know this this one could shape up to be pretty pretty good. But I think uh, you know Jan is just the, the better overall overall fighter. I, I think he you know takes care of business. Even if this thing goes all five rounds, I think I think Blockowitz, you know, is built for something like that. So yeah, he's, also for, for the fans who are listening who may not may not know what, yeah. what a light heavyweight is. That, okay, yeah, it's a one eighty six to two hundred five pound, and mm-hmm. uh, the bantam weight we were talking about that's one twenty six to one thirty five. So yeah. just, just kind of give you an idea of the size of these guys. <laughs> yeah, that are right, fighting. right, absolutely. It, you know, and I I think I, I gotta agree with Colton. I think Jan's gonna get gonna get the win here. Um, but Glover is the number one contender. So you got the, you know, the champ going against the number one contender. So mm-hmm. you, know, you can't ask for it to be any closer than that. But I think um, th- they both got knockout power. Um, you know, they can both throw a big punch. So, you know, a, a couple good swings could end this thing one way or the other. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, at 40, I read that he'll turn 43 this week. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and, and I might be off on that. I thought that's what I picked <laughs> up mm-hmm. on, but, I think I think it you know at forty three he's probably you gotta uh, feel everything a little yeah, bit more. You're you probably think. not 
probably not as quick as what you you know your your recovery speed. time. Yeah, I yeah. I don't remember the last time that he fought like you know yeah. re, you know when the last time he fought. But yeah, recovery time. I think you know, is, I is think Jan's it, it, it overall always has been a little bit quicker with his hands anyway. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think you know at, at 41, 42, 43 years old, you know your hand speed is probably slowed down a little bit. Your reaction time maybe a little bit off. So um, you know save save a uh, a big punch from Glover. I, 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 I got the Polish hammer in this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just one other fight that I've, you know, kind of wanted to touch on then was um, in the, in the lightweight division was uh, number five, Islam Makachev, who's 20 and one going up against number six, Dan Hooker, who's 21 and 10 coming into this. And just a little quick note, you know, uh, Islam is actually a childhood friend of, of Khabib and we know how dominant, you know, Khabib had been in the, in the UFC. Mm -hmm. He comes into this as a, you know, an, on an eight fight win streak has only lost one time in his whole career. I, I can, you know, think he's going to continue to dominate and, and possibly run that, that lightweight division there. So it's, uh, you know, kind of, he's, he's taking after Khabib and, and fights very similar style to, to Khabib and, I think even Khabib maybe even in his corner, you know, training him and things like that. So, you yeah. know, just a little bit of UFC, UFC history there. All right, so. Very good. All right. Well, let's move on to the boys of summer. And even though it's not summer, we're in the fall classic now. So. October time. Yeah. Yeah. World Series time, folks. Um, you know, it it came up, you know, we've already played two games. It's you and it, you couldn't ask for it to be any closer. It's a game apiece. Um, you know, the the uh, Braves got home field advantage back away from away from the Astros by taking that first game. They won six to two. Second game, you know, Astros come back, get the bats going. They win seven to two. And you know, both games were the winning team jumped out early. You know, and the other team was could just never get could never put anything together to uh, you know make a run at it. So mm -hmm. you know, past the first three or four innings, the game was pretty. Both games were pretty much decided. But we still got a lot of baseball left. Um, you know, obviously we're we're moving to Atlanta, and uh, for for actually three games for now. three games, yep. yeah, three games in Atlanta, and you know, and I I remember reading going in that they really thought home field advantage was going to be big because of the difference with the DH and you know between the American League and the National League. So mm -hmm. you know, we'll see we'll see how this plays out. Matt, what do you think? What do you think so far of the games that we played, and how do you think this is shaping up going forward? Yeah, it's been a real exciting competitive series so far, but I, I think the the turning point of this thing is going to be this game three. I, I think the Braves have absolutely got to have it because the longer the series goes, they're a little light on pitching. Mm -hmm. and the longer this goes, they're, they're going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, Houston's just got too much talent. So if, if Atlanta wants a chance to really win this World Series, I think game three is going to be pivotal for them. I mm -hmm. think they, they got to get a win there. And didn't I read something that in a series tied one-to-one, -one, whoever wins game three, like, winds up winning a series, like, 65 or something? Yeah, yeah. 65% of the time. So, I think you're right. And when you mentioned game three, Matt, I, th I think it's, it's vitally important. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just as important as this game three will be, I think that game two was just as important for the Astros, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of statistics there. Um, you know, MLB teams that have taken a 1-0 lead in a best of seven series, you know, have gone on to win 64% of the time. But teams that go up 2-0, that number jumps up to 84%. Wow. So that was that was huge for Houston to, you know, be able to get one back from, from right. the Braves after, you know, laying an egg there in, in game one. But, uh, you know how how we kind of how we kind of got here. You know, looking on the Houston Astros. You know, if you haven't been really following the following the playoffs much, uh, they beat the White Sox three to one in the ALDS. They then you know went on to beat the Boston Red Sox four to two in the ALCS. Um, they've scored sixty seven runs in ten playoff games, yeah, um, and that, and that include you know that's even more now that we obviously have two World Series games under our belt. But uh, you know, and, and six of those seven you know wins that they have have been at by at least five runs. Wow. And, and, and now you add, you know, game two. Another game, they game that they win by five runs. So, and, and the even crazier thing is that of those 67 runs, 45 of them have come with two outs. Wow. So they, they, they don't, you know, they're, they're putting it to you. You gotta, you gotta get every out counts. It's yeah. not, you know, you gotta get them out. You gotta, you know, limit their opportunities. And uh, coming into the season, they had one of the lowest strikeout rates in, in the MLB. So, you know, they, they, they're disciplined. They're a very mm -hmm. disciplined team. They, they wait for their chances, and they make you pay. When, when they got opportunities to score, they, they make you pay for it. But uh, 
you know, then then on the flip side there, you got you got the Braves and you know how they how they got here. They beat the Brewers three to one in the NLDS. Then they go on and beat the Red Hot, you know, Dodgers four to two in the in the NLCS. And uh, you know, a lot of like we said, we we've talked about the Braves being the team that has been written off this this whole season. Um, you know, I did a little bit of research here, but uh, at the trade deadline back in July. Vegas or, you know, ESPN, whoever was giving the Braves a 2% chance to represent the NL <laughs> in, in, in the World Series, because at that time they had just lost their, you know, superstar outfielder, Ronald Acuna Jr. to a season ending torn ACL. They had lost, you know, pitchers and, and just a lot of injuries and things like that. So, but then, you know, we talked about it. They, they are by far are, are the winners at the MLB trade deadline. They, oh, made, they made several the right moves. moves and, made and, all the right moves. Right. And, and, and these, these guys that they made moves for are making an impact. Are producing. Have yes. made an impact in this playoffs, but also in this World Series. Um, and, and so I think, you know, going forward, I think it is going to come down to pitching versus, you know, offense, one of those things. I think. We saw in game one, the Braves managed, you know, their pitching well. Obviously, they lost, you know, one of their starting pitchers will be out for the rest of the, the World Series with that that fractured fibula. Um, but I think that that going forward for me is how does how does Atlanta manage their pitching against this, you know, red hot offense with with the Astros? Mm -hmm. and, just, and how much can they continue to tax that bullpen? Though? Yeah, right. I mean, that started with maybe four innings that game that they yeah. lost them. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the more and more you tax that bullpen, the, the harder this is you're playing with fire, right. especially, you know, Altuve broke out of his slump last night, too. So, right. You know, that's that's dangerous. Yeah, that's you, dangerous for Atlanta when that you knew with the, with a guy like Altuve, his caliber and, and things like that, you were only going to keep him down for so for so long before he you know broke out and right. you know it's just so happened last night was was it and maybe maybe it's good that we're had we have a, a day in between maybe you know he cools back off or you know whatever yeah. but yeah it's definitely going to come down to can the Braves get their get get pitching going and, mm -hmm. and limit those Astros they called up a 25 year old Tucker Davidson to, to take Morton's place and uh you know he he hasn't pitched in the major since spring and then he spent some time wow. the rest of the well, season. What a time to come home. Yeah, yeah. What a, he, he spent the rest of time. You're going to earn your paycheck here, brother. So. Spent the rest of the time in AAA. He had decent numbers um, when he did pitch, but, wow, yeah, a lot of pressure. Right. Now, tomorrow night's game, and I think I read this, first time it's ever been two rookies going up against each other, mm, wow. two rookie pitchers in the World Series. You got Ian Anderson for the Braves, uh, 23 years old, seven postseason games. Um, he's three and zero so far with a one forty seven ERA. Yep. Um, in the uh, twenty one season, he's nine and five with a three five eight ERA. So, you know, he's pitching well and so far in the postseason. Um, going up up against Louis Garcia, um, he's one and one so far in the postseason, but he has almost an eight ERA. <laughs> well, and that was that was another reason I thought this game through is so pivotal because I mean that. The ERA matchup of these pitchers, it, it, it looks like the Braves clearly have the have advantage. The advantage yeah, so well, I think it's going to be I think one count. of those things that the and Braves think, get on them early. Yeah. And I know. think you, I think you need a quality start from Anderson. I think you yeah. need to see him go six or seven right. innings, mm -hmm. you know, and keep the keep it a close game or you know with a lead or you know keep it a one or two run game and you know give that bullpen a little bit of a break. Uh, right. Garcia over the season was eleven and eight. With a 348 ERA, so you know season-wise they match up pretty good. But uh, Anderson's been the better pitcher so far in the postseason. But you know yeah. it's kind of you know cool that it's two rookies going up against each other in in a pivotal game three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be going to be interesting how how you know I, I think especially from an Atlanta standpoint of how they manage that that pitching there. Um, you know I think Astros. They, they pretty much have everything figured out. They they know, you know, the strategy that they're kind of going with. Uh, but I think Atlanta really is – it's going to be – you know, if they if they win this World Series, it's really going to come down to, to coaching and managing of how they how they manage that, that pitching and like, staff. Like we said, three games at the National League Stadium of the Braves, so no DH. But, you know, Dusty Baker's no stranger to the National League. He coached the Giants for how many years? Coached the Reds for a long Red. time, too. So, yeah, so, he, so he knows – And Houston was a National League ball club right. for a long time right. as well. So, so right. I'm sure they were kind of built. So, you know, same. it'll be interesting <laughs> yeah. to see a little strategy there. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how see how that plays out going forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, it's 
the games have been entertaining so far, and I, I look for that to continue. Yeah. I'd like to see it go all seven games, and I'd like to see Atlanta pull it out. Yeah, we'll yeah. See how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. If I had to pick a team, I'm kind of pulling for the Braves as well. They're, they're kind of yeah. the feel, the feel good story going into this, sure. um, coming into the playoffs, and especially in this in this World Series. So, yep, absolutely. All right, well, let's recap our five games from last week, our college games. Um, after three weeks, I went 14-1. and one. Uh, This week, not so well. Uh, <laughs> not so fast. Uh, yeah, and... that was, those were some tough picks, I thought, this week. All the games were, you know, really pretty close. I mean, if you can call a 70-56 to 56 game close, <laughs> I mean, right, right. it's only 14 points, you know, two touchdowns. But the way those – Two teams were scoring two touchdowns. Was like I thought it was going to be minutes, first, yeah. Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be first to a hundred, which right, is game. Like you know, two touchdowns in the blink of an eye. Like so a basketball game out. Right. Yeah, right. So that was like a track meet, and that was Wake Forest. They they wound up beating Army seventy to fifty six, and I I did pick that one right. Um, you know, it, you guys, I watched some of that. You know, tell me what you guys think. That was kind of a crazy game. Yeah, I think uh, you know, Dad touched on it a uh, you know a little bit but you know, 70 to 56, um obviously a lot of points in this one but also a lot of yards, 1233 total yards and get this, one punt the entire wow, game geez. by both teams. That, that is absolutely zero defense. Right, right. And and I think you I mean obviously we kind of talked about it a little bit that we thought that this was going to be, you know, a duel a shootout kind of thing right. but to this level, maybe not so much. I didn't expect uh, that. Yeah. But I think it really came down to the difference was the third quarter interception by yeah. Army that, that Wake Forest returned for a touchdown. Yep. That that really kind of swung the momentum. Uh, Army, you know, obviously that puts that put Wake Forest up two scores. And, and Army, because they nobody could play any defense. Yeah, it was just it a was team that gets up by two yeah. You don't get a stop. You, yeah, can't, you it, can't catch up. So. It's, it's tough. So, but, uh, you know. Wake Forest QB, Sam Hartman, 23 of 29 for 458 passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. So a very efficient day for, for that young man. And then and, and Wake Forest, you know, continues to, to stay undefeated there in the ACC. Yeah, 7-0. I mean, you, you got to hand it to them. Yeah. And you um, think just about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, a quarterback could throw for 458 an entire season. That's right, one game. Right, right. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, five passing touchdowns and then a, a rushing touchdown on top of that. He's really evolved, that's right? For sure. Um, and the only other game I got right, I got right was uh, you know, number number seven, Oregon beat UCLA thirty-four <laughs> thirty-one. You know, that game was close the whole game. I, yeah, yeah. I know you guys, uh, or at least Colton. I know you took UCLA. You thought Kelly was going to be able to get his team to pull that one out, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, Oregon held on to win it, um, but that game could have very well went the other way. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in, in this game, it was more about, you know, what what Oregon was able to do and, and more of, you know, what UCLA wasn't, wasn't able to do. You know, Oregon definitely came into this one. You know, they, they came into the game almost giving up 140 rushing yards, and then they were able to, to kind of halt that, you know, potent UCLA rushing attack to only 110 yards total. Mm-hmm about two and a half yards per carry. So, you know, they, they definitely keyed in on that. They, they obviously watched some film. They knew what they, what they were doing. Um, but, but I think this, this game was a little bit closer than, than, you know, it, it went back and forth because yeah, it did. early in the first quarter, Oregon was down 14, nothing. And you thought, up oh, here we go. You know, UCLA, you know, they got this. And then, Right after that, Oregon scores on five of their next six drives. So they, 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 you know, didn't didn't let it get to them. They they battled back, and I think for me that the big thing was was a couple of, of penalties, costly penalties. I think for UCLA, they had two interceptions that were nullified by offsides penalties. Oh. Um, you know, and, and and then as a result of that, on both of those drives, Oregon would but would go on to score oh, on wow. both of those drives. So. You know that for me that that that's the difference right there is you know a couple of possessions that UCLA could have gotten that Oregon wind up putting points on the board as as a result of, of just some costly penalties. And so. really, it was ultimately the third quarter too. Uh, Oregon put up 13 points in that third quarter. UCLA couldn't get anything on the board, mm-hmm. and Oregon was able to hold on after that. So yeah, that yeah, seemed and, to be the big difference there. You know, we I know Matt talked about it that he thought you know Chip Kelly would get it done against yeah. his former team, but. He loses again and now is 0-3 against against Oregon since wow. he's taken over, you know, for, for UCLA. So, <clears throat> All right. Well, then the third game was uh, Pittsburgh and Clemson, and I picked Clemson in this one. Uh, I just, I just, you know, thought that they would be able to pull this game together. They, they've not been a, a consistent ball club all season, but I, I thought they would get it done over Pittsburgh, and I was wrong. Actually, this was uh, – 
you know, a 27-17 game. So it wasn't, it wasn't even really, uh, it's probably one, probably the game that was the least entertaining. I thought Mm -hmm. of the five that we picked watching it on TV, but, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I didn't get this one right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clemson's offensive woes really continued in this game as they only amassed 315 yards of total offense. Pittsburgh nearly matched that just in their passing games, throwing for 302 yards. Wow. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, this game, we thought Pittsburgh might put up a few points. I think for Clemson, it, it's never going to be a question of the defense. The defense is always going to keep them in games mm-hmm. because I think they're just, you know, that that good. But when your offense can't produce anything, yeah. your defense can only do so right. much. They can only limit the offensive opportunities for the other team so yeah, long. Yeah, Pittsburgh's and, 17 in the country. They're 6-1. and one. It's not like, you know. It, right, and, and I think, you know, so uh, go – but like we, but like I said, you know, previous when we were previewing this game, Clemson's offense seems to be getting worse. And yeah, I don't, they don't seem to have any answers to make it, you know, better. And I think at this point, it, it's not going to get any better because once you start the season, if you don't have it figured out, it's not like you're just going to you know, figure it out. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that, yeah, you don't get much practice time during the season. So it, it's one of those things. If you don't have a somewhat decent idea going, you know, in the beginning of the year, it, it, things aren't going to just miraculously change, you know, get better. And, and they haven't this, this, this so far. And I don't know where, you know, the blame can be put on, you know, what, who's, who's the blame for all of this. I mean, obviously it goes back to coaching. It all comes back to coaching, but right. you know, coaching only goes so far because I mean, at the end of the day, the players have to actually execute on the field. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it definitely, you know, not the not what we're used to seeing out of Clemson. Not and at all. I don't see any kind of light at the end of the tunnel here right. for, for them. So well, that's, I'll tell you, we talked about some good fans earlier on. Clemson's fans, they're, they're losing patience real quick. They're, they're asking for wholesale changes. They, they want a lot a lot done there in Clemson. <laughs> Dabo's not too happy with, with the fans right now. And, right. You know, I, I'm with him. He, he's – He's done so much. Give the guy a chance. Let right. him let him do yeah. his thing. He's going to win a national championship every year. Right. right. I think, uh, you know, I think, yeah, I don't know what, obviously the expectations every year for Clemson is, you know, compete for a national championship. But at the same time, they lost, a, you know, a lot of talent. Oh, and some, and some so key, much talent. You know, key positions, you know, yeah. it's one thing to lose a handful of guys that, you know, weren't huge contributors, but they lost guys that were huge contributors on both, right. the, you know, that the playing, offensive side that of the ball. playing on Sundays. Right. You know. and, and so it's it's one of those things that, yeah, not too many teams have been able to f- figure it out where you bring in a whole new team or, you know, Alabama's, a bunch of, yeah. you know, Alabama is about the only one, and, you know, Alabama, Ohio State is the only ones that have kind of figured out right. we can get rid of these players, but we can bring in a fresh new and, and right. it's kind of a plug and play. And, and, you know, it, it's very interesting, you know, for Clemson, you know, I, I think, yeah, the, the fans might be, a little bit restless for no apparent apparent reason. I right. mean, it's it's, right. it's one season, fellas. Right. And then uh, next game was San Diego State, number twenty-one. San Diego State coming in, well, coming in six and zero. They're now seven and zero, and they beat an Air Force team twenty to fourteen. I picked this one wrong as well, but this was a game that I thought Arizona or that Air Force was going to pull out there at the end, and they they kind of they kind of faltered. They had a chance to score, and, you know, and, and get the winning score, but they kind of they kind of fell apart there on the at the end of the game. Right. Yeah, I think I think the difference for me in this one was we know that those, you know, military schools like to run the crazy triple option and, and, and they and shut that San Diego State. They they shut it down. They they, they only did. gave up 192 and 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 Air Force came in averaging over 330 rushing yards and then I mean they basically cut that in half. Right. Um so that 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 you know good hats off to San Diego State, you know, and 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 they did that by by bringing in actually an extra instead of using a DB, they actually brought in an extra linebacker to kind of kind of help thwart that that Air Force rushing attack. So, you know, hats off to, to Brady Hope for for you know coming up with a scheme that was able to limit Air Force's opportunities. Um, and 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 I think that was the was the difference. I think was was San Diego's defense because mm-hmm. it's not like San Diego State's offense did. They did just enough to win right, at this man. point. Well, yeah, we, we talked about all that offense in that Wake Forest Army game. It was the complete opposite <laughs> here. Neither team went over 300 yards on the day on offense. So, I mean, yeah, and, that was... and, you know, San Diego State's a team that shows up in our pick five this week. So, yeah. we'll uh, we'll get back to them a little bit. So, what what are you Michigan fans thinking of Brady Hoke going undefeated hey, I'm, right I'm, now? I'm happy for the guy. Well, you know? I mean, if you remember correctly, he came from San Diego State before right. coming yep. to Michigan, and he had, you know, a lot of success. And I think that's – 
I think that's where he belongs, or yeah, that's yeah. where he seems to fit the best. And, the and not just because too big. not just because his record has been so good, but I think that's just the type of coach that he, well. you know, that, that yeah, really the I don't know if you want to say the pressure is kind of off, um, because obviously Michigan is one of those programs that the pressure is on every year right. to compete Absolutely. every you year, know, every, every game. year and, and yeah. things like that. So I think, yeah, he's back in his element where he has a little bit more control of the team, mm-hmm. a little bit more say so in, in, in certain situations and just feels a little bit more comfortable in, in that type of environment than, than right. where, you know, on a big stage with Michigan, I think yeah. it started to kind of over overwhelm him a little yeah, bit. He definitely always seemed like a good guy. So I'm happy to see his success. Yeah, yeah. I agree, Matt. Um, then our last game that I also picked wrong was uh, Fresno State um, beat um, Nevada. I had Nevada picked in this one. This is another game that was close. Yeah. Uh, 34 to 32, um, you know, and Fresno State actually is going to show up in our picks for uh, the, the coming weekend. So, Matt, tell me what, did you get a chance to see much of this game? I uh, didn't see much, but uh, I saw uh, Fresno State was – uh, heading into the fourth quarter, they're up 28-16, so they really held on to win this thing, mm-hmm. 34-32. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like they had some fourth quarter woes. Yeah, and actually it's crazy because Nevada actually had a chance to tie yeah. this game. They they got the touchdown, went for two, and caught the touch caught the two-point conversion, but unfortunately the guy was in the back of the end zone, was out of bounds when he caught the two-point conversion. Yeah. But, but they onside kick it, they recover the onside kick, but unfortunately – time had expired nah. so it, it's one of those things that you know nevada had their had their chances mm-hmm. you know had their opportunities this ran out of time just you know some some crazy circumstances just didn't allow them to you know uh you know win win the game but they they had their opportunities but uh you know this one was a you know kind of another higher scoring scoring game and and, and both of these teams were were the two highest scoring teams in the conference and they combined for almost a thousand yards total and and over you know 60 70 points so mm-hmm. you know it kind of lived up to the hype of, of a being kind of an offensive back and you know back and forth kind of battle and uh you know but fresno state came, came out on top and you know I, I think we talked about going into this game that their rushing attack would be what would really help win this game and it, it proved out they right. rushed for 205 yards and nevada only put in 47 rushing yards yeah i think i think the balanced attack that, yeah. that fresno state was was able to really you know make the make the difference in in this one um you know nevada was yeah pretty top heavy with those with those passing yards and just really wasn't able to get the, the running game going so all right well at least it didn't wind up in nine overtimes right? that is true <laughs> it's very yeah so. all right well where are we at colton after week eight after week eight we are so dad's still sitting at the top even though matt and i gained a game mm-hmm. there uh so after week eight dad's sitting there at 29 and, and 10 uh myself is tw- are 20 26 and 14 and then matt is 25 and 15 so uh, we, you know, we, we each, Matt and I both gained a game on, on dad, but, uh, we got some more we tough some ones, more this one. So we got some tough ones this and, and we still, yeah, got, got a little ways to catch up. All so, right. well, uh, let's start out with our picks for week five, uh, or for, uh, week nine, um, our pick five games for week nine. Um, we'll go ahead and start with that Fresno state at San Diego state game. Matt, tell me what you think. Uh, let's see, Fresno State, San Diego State. I'm going with uh, Fresno State in this one to pull the upset. I think their offense is averaging 479 yards per game compared to San Diego State's 331.4. I think that that balanced attack on offense, they're going to be able to get some scores. I I think they can pull an upset here. All right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I got to agree, Matt. I think Fresno State gets it it done here. Um, That game's going to be 10.30 p.m. Eastern time over on CBS Sports Network. So another West Coast late, late game. And I think the difference for me has just been I don't think San Diego State has enough offense to, to get it going against mm-hmm. Fresno, Fresno State. They they've been awful compared to, you know, other undefeated teams that, that you know you could compare mm-hmm. it to. They're 115th in total offense and have now won game three games in which they've gained fewer than 250 yards. So I mean, it's really gonna come down to can their defense get enough right. stops? And, and and for me, San Diego State, as great as they've been against the run, they've been very vulnerable against against the pass, and that's what Fresno State does very, very well. Mm-hmm. They've, they've had five games with more than 380 passing yards, and I think on, on this one, I think Fresno State, in that passing attack, exploits the weaknesses of the, that San Diego defense, and with San Diego's offense not having enough firepower, I, I think Fresno State gets, gets the upset here. 
I got to go against the grain. <laughs> I think the San Diego State defense will rise up here. You know, look what they did to that ground game of Air Force, you know, shutting mm-hmm. them down. And I don't know if, if you can really call San Diego, you know, if really it's a one point. Vegas has got it at one point. Right, so, right. So, you know, and San Diego State gets to play at home. So, so I'm going with uh, number 21, San Diego State Aztecs, to pull this game out. All right, all right. All right, the next one uh, – Number 19, SMU Mustangs at the Houston Cougars. And this game right now, last I saw, was even. There yep. was no there was no points given in this one right now. Yeah, which, um, you know, going to be very inter- going, coming in- interesting. You know, obviously, SMU is, is ranked coming into this one undefeated, but Houston's only lost, you know, one game. But at the same time, you know, they, they come – Houston comes into this game riding a six-game winning streak since their opening loss against Texas Tech. But – all six of those games came against teams with current who currently have losing records. Right. So, you know, they, they haven't faced the toughest of challenges. SMU has a lot of offense. They've scored at least 31 points in all of their seven games. I think SMU's got a little bit too much firepower. Houston's not going to stay with them. I like SMU to get the win here. Yep, I'm with Colton in this one. Uh, SMU averaging 525 yards per game compared to Houston's 363. I just don't think Houston has enough offense to get it done. Their defense is very good. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to be able to hold SMU down enough to win the game. Yeah, uh, I got to agree. That's one where we'll all pick the same on mm-hmm. this one. I, I got the Mustangs. Um, staying undefeated you know and they're looking forward they got a big game coming up on the 20th of november against number two cincinnati yeah, so i think everybody you, in that conference is circling that game mm-hmm. because so I, so i think they stay perfect you know they're looking they're it's it's far enough out where they're not looking ahead um but you know they want to keep that perfect record and you know and really for cincinnati it helps Cincinnati if SMU stays perfect mm-hmm. going in. So, right. you know, I, I got I got the Mustangs to pull this one out as well. Yeah. All right. Next one, uh, number 10, Old Miss, <coughs> excuse me, versus number 16, Auburn. Um, Auburn's a two-and-a-half point favorite. I was a little surprised at that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'll go first. I think uh, the quarterback from Old Miss, Matt Corral, 15 TDs, one pick, you know, they're limiting their, uh, they're limiting their turnovers. And uh, I got Ole Miss to, even though Auburn's a two and a half point favorite, I got Ole Miss in the upset. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I'm agreeing with dad on this one. I got, I got Ole Miss, the, the old running rebels there. And I think it's for me is because you don't know, you don't know which Auburn team's going to, going to show up in they, this, they in this game. All over the place. And, and that's on both sides of the ball. You just don't know which, which team you're, you're going to get. And, and, the defense has, you know, been up and down. They allowed 300 passing yards to Penn State and LSU. Then they let Georgia State run for almost 300 yards. Then they let Georgia and Arkansas have over 200 yards, both passing and running. And, and, and so, you know, and, and all five of those teams averaged over five yards, you know, per per play. So, you know, it, but at the same time, Auburn's defense has been good at, at certain certain instances, but. You know, I, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I just, I don't know. I, I they, that has probably been the most inconsistent, you know, side for, for them has been the offense. Um, I think Old Miss is a little bit too much, too much firepower for this, for this Auburn Tigers team. I like Old Miss to, to pull up the upset. All right. That's going to be my first, not so fast, my friends right, right here. I'm going, right. with, going with Auburn in this okay. one. I, I think the, the fact that they play, but they have played better at home mm-hmm. and this is a home game for them here. Uh, their defense is only giving up 20 points per game. Old Miss defense giving up 28 per game. So neither team's really stellar on that side of the football. Mm-hmm. I think with Auburn playing better at home, I, I just, I, I like them to be able to pull the upset here. <laughs> yeah, All right. Very good. Well, game number four, we're coming to the Big Ten. Um, we're going to go number four game is uh, number 20, Penn State, going into the going into the horseshoe, number five, OSU. You know, and, and the spread, they got they got Ohio State by 18 and a half points, which I was a little bit surprised at, mm-hmm. but in one way. But you look at it from the other side, Penn State's just having trouble getting any points on the board. Yeah, just, of recent, yeah. Yeah, and you know, Sean Clifford, they're saying he's going to be 100%, but I don't think he's been 100% the whole season. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know what to believe out of Sean Clifford. Um, you know, we know what Ohio State's offense is doing. They're averaging 560 yards a game and 49 points a game. Uh, I, I just – there's just no way, uh, you know, and they, they – Penn State let Clifford get sacked four times in that loss to Illinois. There, I, there's just – this is a no-brainer for me, Ohio State. <laughs> I And 
I think they got a pretty good chance of covering the spread as well. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I, I like, you know, like the Buckeyes in this one. I'm going to, I'm going to take the Buckeyes, but uh, you know, I, I think it may be, it may be a little bit closer than, than, than people are, are, are thinking because, you know, if you look at 10 of the last 20 meetings, uh, you know, between these two teams have been, have been decided by one possession, including three games decided by a single point. Mm-hmm. You know, only one of those 20 games was a blowout by more than 28 points. So, you know, I I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to pick because, uh, you know, Penn State's defense, as good as they have looked, they've only allowed one opponent to have more than 23 points all season. But at the same time, they've only faced one team. That was Auburn, who ranks 70th in the nation, you know, better than 70th in the nation in scoring or total offense. Yeah. So they haven't gone up against a bunch of quality opponents when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, has that Penn State defense defense really been challenged? They're definitely in for a Not challenge. Not like they're going to get challenged Definitely this in for, for a challenge this weekend. Yeah. Ohio State's offense has never – it's never been a question of, of their of their offense so far this season. It's it's what can their defense do. Right. So, I like Ohio State's offense to put up some points here and, and, and to win that game against Penn State. Well, like I said in the second week of the season, I won't pick an Ohio State game. <laughs> but what I will he do think, – He thinks he's Kurt Herbstreit, guys. <laughs> but what I will do since – uh. There's a big spread on this one. I will say Penn State will cover this spread. All right, all right. Uh, so I'm not going to say who's going to win, but it'll be a closer <laughs> game than what the spread's calling. For. Well, I guess I guess the reason I'm thinking uh, this is really like the first big game in Columbus this mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, and Oregon. It went, <laughs> but in a Big Ten game, big, yeah, yeah, first big, big t- at night. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's that. The, the the shoe's gonna be rocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on I, on Halloween, you know, yeah, Halloween I just, weekend. I mean, I just, crazies will be yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I just I I you know I think um, man, Penn State's come in there so many times and just given fits to the Buckeyes. Yeah, the Buckeyes have come out on top. Right, right. It's always just, interesting. It's yeah. always just, an interesting. I just game. think that you know that that high flying offense of, of of the Buckeyes and you know I, I you know and Penn State's defense has been good, but like Colton said, I don't think they've they they haven't seen a team like they're going to see this weekend. Mm-hmm. And Penn State is just struggling to score so mm-hmm. that's why that's why i think you know vegas might get this one right i like ohio state to cover so. all right all right well our last one the big one <laughs> uh number six michigan against number eight michigan state both teams seven and oh you know they're what 40 minutes the campuses are 40 minutes think, apart yeah um you know they're they're going into east lansing stadium so you know similar stats on offense Michigan 443 yards a game, Michigan State 452, Michigan scoring 38, Michigan State scoring 34, but Michigan does it on the ground a little better than uh, what Michigan State does, and Michigan State's gaining more through the air than what the Wolverines are doing right now. So, you know, to me, it's going to come down to defense. Um, Michigan's DBs are going to have to play better. Um, I think we get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, our defense has only given up less than 300 yards a game where Michigan State's defense has given up over 400. So I think that's where the edge comes in. I think um, if our DBs can hold up and we can get some pressure on the quarterback, I think uh, Michigan's favored by four points. I'm going go blue, baby. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this game, yeah, like you said, Dad, these these are two evenly matched teams coming coming into it. I think the difference for me is going to be yeah, Michigan State has the leading, you know, nation's leading rusher and Kenneth Walker the third. But I think the difference for me is that that's one guy. Michigan has, you know, three, four different running backs they can they can throw at you that, you know, they can rotate in and out. And I think that's just a lot of fresh bodies that, that are gonna really trouble that that Michigan State defense. Michigan's deep run defense has been spectacular. Yeah, and I think, you know, if they can if they can limit kind of kind of what Indiana did last week. They they limited Kenneth Walker in his opportunities and kind of tried to make Michigan State one one dimensional. I think Michigan has a real good chance of of doing that because of how well they defend the run. Um, you know, but at the same time because these both these defenses are are, are so good I like Michigan to pull it out. Michigan takes it, but I think it's going to be a real low, low scoring game. I think you know, and maybe Colton still might be going to this. We haven't decided yet. We're still looking at ticket prices. We still be be making a trip early Saturday morning up to Michigan, so we may we may be uh, doing a live doing a live report. <laughs> and, and, and then you know, a little history, you know, Matt. I know you have, have asked. You know, the last time we picked a Michigan game was uh, you know we asked what's our record you know at home when we go to Michigan. Mm-hmm. We, you know we. Me personally has has been undefeated at, at home, 
that nice two road games here in Columbus, we have not <laughs> been destroyed. We come up with a, so you're a, saying maybe you shouldn't go? <laughs> right. So, you know, you might want to factor that in when, when picking this game if you haven't already, Matt. But no no pressure. So Well, I'm, I'm going with my second. That, that not so fast, my friends, on all this right, one. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going Michigan State just because I feel like they're a little more balanced on offense. Okay. Michigan's had trouble passing the ball, as we saw in the Rutgers game earlier this year. When, when they needed to pass, their pass game's not there. Mm. He, he, quarterback, he, he can make some throws, but he also seems to underthrow it a lot of times, and he's just not real consistent. Mm-hmm. I, I think in a game like this, you got to have that balanced offense, and I just feel like Michigan State's a little more balanced. And like you said, though, it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be close. Yeah. I'm going Michigan State in the close one. All right, very yeah. good. I think, you know, going back to that just a little bit, we got a couple minutes here. Um, you know, I, th- I think Michigan's, like Colton said, our, our defense, Michigan's run defense has just been – you know, just been very tough, very, very tough. tough. So it, like I said, if our DBs can hold up, we get them in down and distance. Our, you know, our, our on third down, we got to get our defense off the field though. Mm-hmm. And you know, then if we can grind this thing out, I, I still like Michigan in this one. So. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, we got a couple minutes. Do you guys want to touch on, I don't know if anybody saw on the news this week. Uh, now there's a fight over the name change for the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Guardians. They had they had picked the Guardians as their as their name. Um and and I'm sure they were already aware of this, but uh the roller derby team from the Cleveland area is also called the Guardians. Yeah. So there's a there's a uh I guess a trademark fight right now. Um and if you look at kind of the logos or the font of the teams as well pretty close it's pretty close i mean it's 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 eerily strange that, yeah i mean maybe it's just a stupid coincidence that that's how it looks but it, it, it just a lot of coincidences that that you know make you scratch your head a little bit it, so. you know why don't they just cut a deal with this roller derby team offer them 10 percent of all merchandise sales or <laughs> well something. they'd already made some kind yeah. of an offer and they turned it down so, and then and I then, mean, how much money can that roller derby team really be bringing well, in? Yeah. Then they, uh, I guess, the roller derby team threw out some big, ridiculous number. They wanted money equal to whatever the Indians spent in like advertising or something. I said, "Oh, there's no way." <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a, that's a got to be an astronomical number. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even want to put a dollar amount right. on that. Yeah. But uh, they, uh, one of the articles I read, they were <laughs> they were talking to an attorney that kind of specializes in. Um, you know, resolving trademark issues. And his quote was, he said, money is a great influencer of mm-hmm. resolving trademark cases. So, you know, I think you're going to see this settled. And, you know, they they need to have that. They told uh, Major League Baseball they would have this decided by the middle of November. So okay. I think, you know, that they're going to make him a cash offer. And, uh, and the Richard is going to run them over. They might get nothing out of right. this. I, I think, think, I think uh, you know, at the same time, if you're the Indians slash Guardians, whatever you want to – can't you just go with your second option, whatever you decided, you know, maybe they didn't have a second yeah, option. Everybody's already upset that this is what they picked. Right. You know, all the Cleveland, you know, Indians fans are upset that this was the best you could come up with. Maybe you give a redo and you say, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, maybe this is an omen. Right, maybe right, guardians right. wasn't meant to be. We'll, we'll try something new and then go with a different name that the fans, you know, can get behind, but on the windy end. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> Some, something, something that, uh, you know, the fans can get behind, but, yeah, I don't. I don't expect this to to take very long. You know, once money gets involved, I think you know there'll be something that gets done pretty quickly on this. Yeah, I mean, if you if you infuse ten thousand dollars into a local roller derby's team, <laughs> you know their bank account. I'm sure that's got to look pretty attractive. <laughs> right. I, I can't imagine that their budget is very high. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, I think that's it for our show tonight. Um, we're gonna come at you next week, Wednesday night. Um, the following week so you know get your questions in i'll let colton give you all the details on that yeah absolutely so you know next week is going to be uh you know nfl trade deadline is next week you know we're almost halfway through the nfl season so you know just a lot of like you know like we talked on you know last couple of shows it's, it's just i a feel like t- we're getting behind i mean the nhl is going on yeah. nba's four or five games <laughs> in already I just, right we uh you know got, going a, on. got a lot of burning burning stuff going going on here but uh you know we uh, thank thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cow, Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. Uh, we you know hope you enjoyed our episode this week, and you know like Dad said, if you you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know you just have one of those burning sports questions, you know feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Our handle is Fired Up underscore Podcast, 
or you can find us on Facebook at Fired Up Comma Sports Podcast. You know, and we we'd love to have some some fan input. You know, and 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 see what you guys think about some of the topics we've talked about or, you know, topics that we maybe haven't thought of. So, like I said, there's so many things going on right now. We've probably missed a hundred different topics we could have talked about. So, um, you know, we'll get to them. Yeah, we, we'll try. Um, you know, and as always, you can head over to our website too, which is fireitup1.podbean.com to check out of all, all of our past episodes and links to important information about the show. And, you can also find our show, um, you know, on almost every podcast platform that you, you know, anywhere you can find a podcast, you know, our show is listed, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, like I said, anywhere that has the capability to listen to podcasts, our show is pretty much listed. So, you know, we, we appreciate you listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.